What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Wells Fargo Championship. As usual, I am here with everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambley. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What's up, Kenny? We're back. Uh, strokes game pooping. Great episode last week. Got some good feedback, some good reviews based off of that. So definitely loved getting back into the action with you here. Now we're back again. Coming off a John Rom win, we'll get into that in a second. But before we get into that, I want to remind everyone this show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. We'll have a very special offer for you guys later. It's hoops related this week. So with the NBA playoffs going on, be, tu- be sure to be tuned in for that offer a little bit later before we get into the DFS tiers. And then, of course, our friends over at FantasyNational.com. Head on over to FantasyNational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off your first payment. Kenny, plus 350, John Rom. Did the thing. He, I don't know what you think, but man, he barely played good on the weekend and still closed the door as he probably should have, uh, as the odds suggested, but uh, didn't score that well for DFS over the weekend. And in the end he was needed, but there was other ways to get there. So what, what was your thoughts on the week at the Mexico open? And what do you think of the course for first time really going out there and seeing how it all played out? I didn't think it played as easy as I thought it was going to play. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, resort course 25 under the wind really held it, held its own. And it kept the, the, the greens somewhat firm. Uh, so you didn't see like outlandish scores uh, this, the, the, this past week. But I don't mind the course. I mean, you know, it's what we said. Distance was important. Um, lots of bombers uh, in that top 10. You know, uh, I think some interesting notes from the week. Of course, Rom, the thing about Rom was, you know, he had the lead every day. Uh, he just, you know, I know Pat had that, uh, Pat Mayo had that, uh, that wire to wire. Uh, win and I, I forget what it paid out. It might have been like two twenty five to one or something like that. No, no, yeah. I think I don't no, even know what, if he bet it because him and I talked about it on Wednesday. What was it? it? Was what was it? Yeah. to one. And oh, he was, that was it. Not even that good, but that's it, not it, that it, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was just yeah. crazy that that was the number. I never, I forgot all about that. Actually, that is pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he bet it or not, but that, yeah, that was uh, the. I know, he, I know, he talked about it last week, so I was like, yeah, hopefully he bet it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and then uh, he just basically held on, and no one. I mean, everyone who really came, you know, correct on Sunday was too far back uh, yeah. to catch up to him. I mean, he had, you know, champ fall down uh, the wayside. Kiriana, uh, you know, just couldn't hold on there at the end. Um, you know, but then you had, you know, Finau and, and Brandon Wu. And, of course, I had a GPP lineup, which would have won the $3 if I played Brandon Wu instead of Dylan Wu. <laughs> uh, who who missed the cut? You know, every week that happens, right? Every week you have a lineup, especially if you mass multi-ander. Uh, you have a lineup where you know you change one golfer and you win. You win the event. It's not that big of a deal. But when the golfer has the same name <laughs> of the golfer that missed the cut that ruins your lineup, it's like you know that one hurts a little bit more, a little bit more stabby in the back. Uh, you know, uh, you twist the knife. Uh, a, a little bit. So, th- so that one hurt. Um, somehow, I don't know. I, I have to admit, last week I was I, I was on the show just to be on the show, uh, just to let people know uh, I'm alive and I was on the show. I was in a fog. Uh, hey, some of it was self-medicated. Some of it was my medication. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't do all the research I wanted to do. Uh, when I tried to do the research, I would just lose focus. I, you know, it just happened. I just had, you know, some issues. Um, but somehow I still had a winning week. I, I, you know, 50% return on investment. I won in cash, even with the stallings. Um, missed cut. My other three cash cornerstones made the cut. Lanto had a really nice run on Sunday. Um, 
Munoz played okay the whole week. I had Wise and Garrigus uh, filling out the rest of my lineup, and Wise had a huge uh, Sunday, and that brought me from you know bottom twenty five percent to inside the top forty percent uh, to get those double ups in. So uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice getting a win on a week where honestly I wasn't expecting much, not only because of the new course. Uh, you know, shitty field, but also just because of how I was, uh, you know, mentally uh, at that point in time. But I am clear this week, 100% clear. I am ready to go. Um, other big things uh, about last week. We saw Tony Finau. Finau is is interesting uh, because, you know, uh, his iron game is just unbelievably good. But he putted like a blind four-year-old, I don't know, on, on Thursday and Friday. Like he lost like five or six strokes putting um on those two days you know one or two strokes he gained you know gets better he wins the event uh, i don't know he missed some egregious amount of putts the first couple of days inside 15 feet like it was ridiculous it was like double digit uh, amount of putts that he missed now the issue is his iron game was really strong and you would think on a course that that's long mexico very very long course a lot of longer irons you think it would not correlate to this coming up week but a lot of the approach shots are from 175 yards and up and more um, coming up this week, even though the course is shorter. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's going to be funny to see what happens with him and his ownership and see who goes about playing him, even though totally different course, um, totally different course setup. Do you go back to him? That's something we'll talk about here later on uh, in the podcast. Other guys, you know, Cameron Champ was up there playing really well. You had Smalley up there, Kitayama. Um, Really good playing by him. Davis Riley, again, another one uh, who's just putting his lights out. Uh, and then you had, you know, sort of the outliers out there, like the Lipskis, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the Reeves make it into the top 15 uh, out there. It's good seeing actually Chess play pretty well. He could be uh, an option this week at cheap prices. Um, Patrick Rogers there got a top 10. I guess Rom was got the W, so it's nice for my little uh, – little group the the pool that we'd had with uh pat and all the guys at the beginning of the year I'm sort of was in last place and so you know a couple top 10 a win and a couple top tens uh this week hopefully brings me back up any other highlights from this event i wouldn't say highlights just talk to the course for two seconds though like i, that, I actually like the course quite a bit just seeing how it played and if you look at the leaderboard even so rom we talked about already it wasn't like four straight days of crushing. It was just, he did enough in those first couple rounds to glide through it over the weekend. And then even you see it like wise Finau, these guys came out of the woodworks on Sunday. They, it was like, it was a very fair course in that everyone sort of had their bad days and their good days and had their shots to find their way into the mix and left it kind of wide open. But next year, I mean, we got the notes down. I know I do at least yeah. going through it for next year. Distance was a clear advantage you look at the board, some of the guys that are up there, I think we'll still be able to take some of it over to this week, not because uh, the course is anywhere near the same. It's completely different. But just when they're playing that good, you can bring a lot of that just overall tee to green game over to any course. I think that's going to play a big factor this week. Rom getting the job done like he should. Uh, it was a little tricky down the stretch. That tee shot on 18, a bit wayward, had to take it from that awkward lie. But little little things down the stretch. Like uh, and, and speaking of Mayo earlier, you mentioned him. Like his boy Marty Trainer. I don't, I think he needed the top 10. I just saw he finished T11, but uh, he was in the mix and he loved Kurt Kitayama. I said, like, I wasn't high on Kurt Kitayama, but it was one of those guys where if you believed his skill, so guys like Kitayama, Riley, uh, the projection sites and the sites out there that people use with optimizers and whatnot, they won't account yet for their skill level because a lot of what they do is based off of Vegas odds and things like that. And 
Vegas isn't just, they're just not going to take enough money on a Davis Riley or a Kurt Kitayama to care to move that line any further. So they just set it. DK does a lot of their pricing off of said odds. Mind you, John Rahm's price was insanely low. Considering this week, when we get into those tiers, Rory is 200 bucks more than Rahm was last week in a stronger field. So it doesn't really make a lot of sense there. Obviously, a lot of conversation around Rahm last week. Totally understand if you faded him completely because he was going to be 40 to 50% owned, higher in the higher stakes. It ended up being like 45 and 50 in the $20-ish and the higher stakes. So I get that. But at the same token, the other way to go was to just pretty much get all in, 75% or more, if not a lock button, and get you know your leverage in a little bit different way where, you know not quite the same way, but in, this, in the general sense that if you're committing just fully commit, right? Don't, don't go middle of the field or don't just play 20% or whatever that might be. So that was the big conversation last week, Kenny. We'll get into more later when we talk about Rory, Finau, guys like that for this week. I think the upper range is really interesting, but not much else for me besides that. I did like the course setup though, and I thought it was fair. And I think a lot of guys, maybe next year the field gets even better because of how the, how the field played out. It was definitely a good test. It wasn't like, uh, you know, some of the stuff we had, the Zurich Classic, like I said, it was hard to watch even with a sweat on the go. I didn't have any crazy sweats this week with, I, you know, I just didn't have Brandon Wu and Kitty Yama and those guys together. But for the most part, some good calls. Some of the guys really fell apart, though, over the weekend, like uh, uh, Rye, Long, Lashley. Th- these guys all had good starts, still showed up on the leaderboard in the end, but just did not have the weekends like their starts were. So they made the cut for you and then fell apart from there for what you needed from a DraftKings scoring perspective. But overall, I thought it was a fun event, and I'm happy for it for next year. I think one thing you'll see if you play, if we, if they keep playing this event over year in and year out at uh, Vedante, um, if there's ever going to be a week where there's not that much wind um, and it's softer conditions, you'll see the 25 under. Yeah. You'll see the 28 under win in this event. Uh, it's just, you know, they kept the greens. It didn't, there wasn't rain. So, it, 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 you know, they were able to keep the, the greens, like even wedges. We're, 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 not, we're not, you know, we're having a hop. You know, before, you know, it spun backwards. It wasn't just stick back, uh, you know, like golden tea type, you know, backup googly yeah. type deal. Um, and, 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 you know, so if the wind and the wind blew a little bit, I mean, and that definitely was a factor. Uh, if, if you get this event without any wind and a little bit softer conditions, even with the length, you're going to see a birdie barrage. So, you know, I think this course is definitely going to be um, related to the weather. And that's what you get on courses within a mile of the coast. Uh, Speaking of courses where if the wind doesn't show up next week's pod, the AT&T Byron Nelson, where we've seen it in the past, people get mad for some reason, like because the wind doesn't pop up, we're going to see like 20, 22 under or whatever. No, I thought this was supposed to be a tough track and all this at the the different courses they've had it at in the past. So uh, next week, I know Kenny, you won't be with us. We're going to have a fill in again. We'll get somebody on the pod. For next week, we just thought I'd bring yeah. that up quick while we're here. So, so yeah, so next week, uh, I am good. Next Monday afternoon, I will be seeing an eye specialist to help bring my vision back. And I was talking to some guys on Twitter who are eye specialists who do what my doctor is going to do uh, on Monday. And I guess I'm going to have like multiple needles in my eyeball. So I decided to take next week off. If I'm going to get five needles in my eyeball uh, to try and fix my vision, I'm going to go ahead and take it off because, of course, it is the Byron Nelson also. Uh, not not the biggest event in the world. So I will not be on next week, but I will be back uh, for uh, the PJ Championship and probably every week afterwards. So, you know, I, I won't be missing that much after next week. 
depending on what the doctor says, but I think I'll be fine. Um, but again, uh, let's get on with um, the listener league. Uh, anything else you want to talk about this past week before we move on? No, we'll, we'll bring a lot of these guys are playing this week. So we'll, we'll be talking more about sort of the play from last week, just based on the most recent history and re- recent form, I should say, but uh, not a lot other than that, before we get into the course, we'll get to the, the listener league here. I can run it out if you want, just make it a little bit easier on you, but we had, I am awful took it down. So 569.5 points. Shout out to Gup. Gup has been really grinding away to try and take this thing down. Got second place with 560. So nice to see that. But uh, I am awful. Took it down. I'll read you off the lineup here, Kenny. John Rahm, of course, 39% owned in our contest. Uh, Next highest owned was Hubbard at 16%. Then it was Aaron Rye at 10%. Adam Long at 8%. Kurt Kitayama at just under 6%, and then Trey Mullinex at 3% to round it out. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Mullinex actually ended up being my favorite 6K play uh, as the week went on. Uh, I wrote that up in my article on cupscorner.com, so that worked out pretty well. I, I like that play. The length really held off. He went bombers with Kitayama, uh, you know, you know, Rom up there, and then played, you know, the guy who makes the cut all the time, who's making a lot of cuts, and Hubbard. Uh, what were the other two? Uh, Rye and Long. Yeah, yeah, Long, Long was, you know, in, in the midst, uh, in the midst uh, uh, of contention before he fell back a little bit uh, on, on Sundays. It's a good lineup, nice different spreads. I mean, he didn't go all bombers, but he had a nice array of bombers and a nice array of guys who have been playing well. And, you know, Rye's had a couple of top finishes. Um, you know, Hubbard's been making a lot of cuts. Uh, so I do, I like that lineup a lot. It was solid 6-6 six six when I think the 6-6 six six is maybe yeah. – Twelve percent, something like yeah, that. 10, 12% percent there, and yeah. I, and I think this lineup too. Shout out to I am awful. Got him in the tournament of champions. He'll be joining us in the three man this week. But I think his lineup or her really speaks to the fact that uh, the, what, what I just said earlier about the course. Like you know, you look at Adam Long nine under over the first two rounds, one under over the weekend. Trey Mullinex nine under over the first two rounds, including a, a first round seven under, and then shoots even par on the weekend at plus two and minus two cancels each other out. It was just the way it was set up. Some guys kept it rolling. And then you see John Rahm was like seven under five under three under two under, like he got worse as far as scoring to, to par goes as the week goes on, but overall did enough to get the job done based on those first two days. So He's really nice John, line up there. Go ahead. John crusted par fives too. Uh, those yes. are pretty big. And something I think he was like 12 under uh, or better uh, on the par fives of the week. Uh, yeah. So that's another thing to notice about uh, the course uh, for next year uh, when they come back. All right. Yeah. Speaking of the course for next year, how about the, the course for this week? Kenny, what do you got? All right. So PGA Tour comes to my neck of the woods uh, this week for the Wells Fargo Championship from TPC Potomac at Avenel in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, the events usually played at Quail Hollow uh, in North Carolina, but of course they are doing the President's Cup there uh, this year. So because of that, they moved – the um, Wells Fargo to TPC Potomac. Uh, TPC Potomac has hosted uh, the Quicken Loans uh, tournaments in the summer of 2017 and 2018 and hosted other PGA Tour events in the past, but not since a major redesign in 2009, making all course history outside of 2017 and 2018 null and void. Uh, there have been a few other professional tournaments played here since the course redesign, most notably two web events in 2012, 2013, and the senior players uh, championship in 2010. The one thing you notice in all three of those events, plus the 2017 Quicken Loans, the winning score is minus eight or minus seven. Uh, now in 2018, Molinari went ham 
uh, shot minus 21 for the win, but he won by eight strokes. And I think there was only like five or six golfers that finished under par that week. And those were probably the best scoring positions, scoring conditions that we've seen at this course, you know, in the pro tournaments that has played in the last 12 years. Um, so it's still, even, even with good weather, uh, it's still played really tough, except for, you know, Molinari who just crushed everyone uh, that year. In 2017, the course played as the hard, hardest non-major course on tour and gave up the third most double bogeys or worse all season. I remember going that year. Uh, it was very crispy, uh, sort of in a drought. Everything was super firm, rock hard. Uh, you know, nothing was staying on the fairways. It was really tough sledding uh, that year. The next year, 2018, a little bit more softer conditions, a little bit easier conditions to score on. Uh, and, that, and you saw that uh, in, in, in the uh, final leaderboard. I do expect this week to be more similar to 2018. We haven't seen a torrential amount of rain, uh, but it's been, you know, around average uh, for this time of year. And, you know, this time of year in the D.C. area, you, you get a good amount of rain. We're right on the average. There's also some rain on the forecast Tuesday, and there's rain on the forecast Friday. Uh, so you could see some softer conditions uh, earlier on uh, in the um, in the event, maybe round one, round two. But when we get to the weekend, you're going to see more chilly, more windier uh, conditions. Uh, so I think the scoring on the weekend will be a little bit tougher uh, than the first couple of days out here. Uh, I do expect the winning score to be in the low double digits uh, around there, unless someone, you know, goes ham like, like Molinari can, you know, with the talent out here with these golfers, it's not hard for these, some of these guys to do. Um, now let's look at the course overall in general. It's around a 17, 7,200 yard par 74 par threes, only two par fives, the two par fives, uh, are two of only six holes that played under par, uh, the average under par scoring in 2017 and 2018, only six holes. So the other 12 holes were, you know, average over par scoring uh, those two years. Uh, there's only, uh, you know, six holes that were under par and par fives are two of them. Now, uh, the, the par fives. Par five second plays over 600 yards, depending how soft the fairways are, could be only reachable into by the longest of hitters. The par five tenth hole plays at 560 should be reachable by most. Uh, if they take an aggressive approach off the tee and flirt with the rough that divides the two fairways of the hole, uh, six of the par fours on the course play over 450 yards. Uh, and the other par four, uh, four, and there's two other par fours that come around 440 yards. So the majority of the par fours on the course are fairly lengthy. So don't let that 7,200-yard thing fool you. It is a shorter course, but you are going to have to hit some longer irons. Uh, actually, if you look back in 2017 to 2018, like the majority of all approach shots were over 175 yards. Uh, you know, So you're going to have some longer irons. And that's what I was talking about earlier. When you look at last week and Tony Finau, you know, he was hitting, you know, around 150 to 200 uh, on his approaches, longer irons. And, and, you know, he was extremely, he was, he did extremely well uh, with that. Now, even though this course is a lot shorter, different type of setup, uh, not as wide open, he's still going to be hitting those same distance type irons a lot of the time onto these greens. So do you go back and use them? We'll talk about that here when we get to these tiers. And now off the tee, uh, golfers will see narrow tree line fairways that average around 30 to 35 yards in width, though there are some 
holes with much wider fairways, like 7, 10, and 13 come to mind. Uh, on many of the holes, the fairways look to get way more narrow after the 300-yard mark off the tee. The average fairway width on the course at 300 at this course at 325 yards from the tee is less than 23 yards wide. So you're going to see a lot of less than driver uh, off the tee. You're going to see strategically placed shots, uh, you know, a grinded out type of game. Now, uh, fairway bunkers are going to be in play. There's water uh, on a few tee shots on the courts. So there's like ponds, a creek running along the side of a hole or wetland areas. So there is some water. Uh, back in 2017 and 2018, the first cut of rough stretched a few yards from the edge of the fairway and wasn't too penal. Uh, the main cut of rough back then was somewhat thick uh, and led to difficult approaches, especially if the greens are firm, a la 2017. Now, I haven't seen a report on how they're setting up the rough this year, if there are going to be two separate cuts or not, but that would be my guess if they keep it the same as they did uh, for the quick and loans. But we'll have to, that's something you'll have to check and see. If they don't have that, um, you know, that, that, that a shorter rough before they get to the longer rough, you know, that makes these fairways a lot shorter, a lot more narrow, and it'll make it a lot tougher. But so my, I expect that them to have two separate cuts of rough. Uh, if golfers miss the fairway by a good amount, they're going to have to deal with a fair amount of trees. Now, these aren't like your Florida swing type trees where there's a lot of space in between them. You could punch out under uh, the branches don't start until they're really high in the air. This is like, you know, a lot of the times if you get enough roll and it rolls into the trees, it's rolling into the woods. Uh, like, you know, your Northeast type of woods with the trees all tightly bunched together with branches going from the bottom of the tree all the way up. So there's a lot less room for, you know, to punch out or, or to go for the green and there's still less room to even punch out. Uh, so, you know, hitting it in, in those trees is going to be a tough out uh, this week. And there's plenty of trees uh, this week. Uh, now on approach outs, golfers are going to see smaller than average greens. The average green size here around 5,300 square feet. And many of the greens are narrow in width and long from front to back, making club selection, uh, you know, on approaches key and also hitting it in the fairway so you don't get those flyers. Uh, greenside bunkers are in play like usual, and some of the, the, these bunkers have high fescue grass surrounding them, giving them a Scottish look and feel, and hopefully golfers avoid you know, that fescue grass around the bunkers because that's going to be really, really difficult uh, to get out of, like wrist-hurting type difficult. Uh, the greens are a major part of the redesign uh, as more slope and undulation was added, and the grass was changed from poa to pure bank grass. Uh, I haven't seen a report on the speed of the greens, but my guess is that's going to be 11, 11 and a half on the stint meter. Uh, Tampa, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, really good job covering it there because that's pretty much all the stuff that's going to tie into it. Like overall tee to green, you just mentioned it, like the Molinari thing earlier from 2018. If you have a pool of 30 to 40 guys just trying to bring it into strategy early on here and you get guys that have that capability, that's how you have that opportunity. You, I don't want to take 2% of every guy just hoping to find that outlier. You want to get a pool of really good guys that have that potential that can find their way and get and just get out in front. Uh, you mentioned the softer potential of conditions. I think that's definitely something where we could see a lower score than is expected, even if it is yep. only by a small group or something like that. These guys are just so good at this point. And if they get lucky on like the first round, they go out early, maybe in some softer conditions, they end up decent on Friday because of it or whatever, or even on Saturday, if there's rain on Friday night and they get the Saturday stuff, you never know how it's going to shake out. But uh, for stats uh, different than usual, I think. So like, you know, a lot of courses, like we're looking at are these second shot courses and yes, a lot of, you know, the bucket wise, 175 plus, we're going to see a bunch of those, but everyone that talks about it, all the quotes, 
fairways first. Forget the other stuff. You just talked about it. If you go in the, if you aren't in the fairway, you could literally be in the woods. That brings scrambling into it a little bit. Bogey yeah. avoidance as a whole, just in general, based on the tougher conditions, tougher course, tougher scores than what we're used to. But for me, almost like how in showdown, sometimes we look for like who's got the good approach game and then hope that they can make some putts. Opposite here, who can get it in the fairway and has a decent enough all around game that hopefully they can get it up there. And then we find our scores that way or we avoid the big scores, because like I said, a lot of the quotes really do go around uh, legitimately talking about bogey trains being out there and how you can hop on that train real quick here. If you make one mistake, you can compound compound it real quick and turn it into three or four bogeys. So uh, I'm looking for that in general this week, Kenny. Yeah. When I went to the course, I remember I was posted on 11, uh, which is the hardest course on the uh, hole on the course, Uh, dog leg, right to left. Uh, The dog leg doesn't really start until like the 275 mark off the tee uh and then if you miss right you know it's literally like this valley into like crazy woods and i saw so many balls like every other ball went into the woods you know what i'm saying like (laughs) every other ball i think this might have been 2017 when i went because i mean the balls are rolling uh it was dry as hell out there i don't think we're gonna see it like that but there's a lot of like slopes and undulations and valleys in the rough um, on the right side is, is what I remember off the tee. Uh, and so what you're going to see is if golfers missing that, they're going to go through tumble. They're going to go through and it usually ends up like in the trees. Like you want to hit it in a fairway bunker here. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like if you hit it, if yeah. you, yeah. If you hit it in a fairway bunker, you're going to be so much more better off than if that ball just keeps rolling. Uh, you know, and it's not like it's huge rough. So the ball, you know, if it bounces on uh, the fairway, it gets a little skid. Uh, I saw a lot of balls go off the cart path into the woods on that hole. 11's going to be a bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough, tough hole. This is a tough course. Now, I don't, I think with the golfers, talent-wise nowadays and the equipment that they have and all that, even from five years ago, uh, I do think I don't think we're going to see single digit on their par unless the wind really kicks up uh, on the weekend. If the wind gets above 15, 20 miles per hour on the weekend, you'll see single digit on their par wind. But if it stays 10 to 15, um, you know, and it stays a little bit soft with with rain. We had rain what yesterday uh, and rain Friday. If it, if it does that, then maybe uh, they can get a, a little bit easier scoring conditions. But it, it's going to be a tough test. Uh, you know, the greens are small. Um, so, you know, a lot of it has to do with the firmness uh, of these greens because, you know, I think the, 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 this is uh, for the 2017, 2018, it was this course is below average in uh, driving accuracy, and below average in greens and regulation. Uh, and, and that's even with slightly easier scoring in 2018 uh, still combined. They were less. So it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be uh, – I think accuracy is going to be very, very important off the tee. Now, the thing is, it's a less-than-driver course. So how do you judge um, that in your model? Tampa, how do you judge that in your model? For, yeah, because we'll you, know, you know they're not going to use driver except on the par fives uh, and maybe you know a one or two of the longer par fours. But it's mostly going to be driver in the bag. Yeah. Overall T to green game, just in general, that, because like I said, that's going to bring everything into play, but you can, you can, you know, good, good drives gain, but they all, there's also fairways gained on fantasy national. So you can just change to that and try and adjust for it. Look back 
too. I, I think you mentioned a little bit of it. We'll go throughout as we talk about it, but some of the other uh, correlation courses and stuff like that that have been brought up, TPC River Highlands, things like that, where you can try and compare out and get a feel for it. But this is where watching the golf and just knowing these guys, and just to speak to that too, I think, like you said, this is going to make for a good watch. We, we've watched, you know, like I said, I, I didn't mind last week at all. Much, loved it much more than the Zurich Classic and some of the stuff we've had lately. But since the Masters, there hasn't been anything that I've been like, yes, let's dial into this. Let's watch. I know this field, people are still out there complaining about the fields. Like, it is what it is. It's golf. I'm, I'm excited for it. I love golf, so I'm happy. But I, I think this is going to be a better test to both see golfers play and, and like for themselves, as well as for us to watch at home. So uh, I'm excited for this course and, and how it sets up. I think, again, we'll go through the tiers when we talk about it, but you'll have to take your stands in certain spots. There's going to be a lot of ownership, uh, especially up at the top that we have to discuss. So it'll, it'll be good yeah. to get into it before we get into it. Let's do our normal ad read. We'll get that out of the way, pay some bills like you always like to say, and then we'll get into the tiers from there. Hoops fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. It's not often you get 30 to 1 odds on any basketball team to win their next playoff game, so that's some great value. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Head to the app now and check out our picks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD. Bet just $5 on any pro basketball team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code FGD at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, so let's get to these tiers. Let's start up in this 10K range. we got Fitzpatrick all the way to Rory. Pretty interesting up top. I mean, a couple things you could say about Rory. Uh, his biggest strength is going to be muted, but his biggest weakness is going to be muted. So, you know, his biggest strength is off the tee. His biggest weakness is wedges. You're not going to see that many wedges, and you're not going to see that many drives uh, you know, with the driver. So it, it sort of even out. Then you got Finau, who we've talked about already. Uh, last week was a ball-striking clinic. He couldn't putt with a damn. Uh, but I think he putts a little bit better on bent, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, then you have Anter coming off injury, looks healthy now, uh, better putter on bent. Uh, pretty good putter on bent. This is the course that he looks like should suit him. Same with Corey Connors, probably going to be the chalk. Uh, and then you have Fitzpatrick, another guy who this course, especially if it picks up in the wind uh, on the weekend, a little bit chilly, it could suit him as well. Where are you going here? I'm really interested in your Rory and Finau takes because the other three, I think a lot of people can understand playing pretty easily. Uh, but the Rory Finau take is what I want to hear from you, Tim. Yeah, I'm going to play Rory. I think that's the, uh, the the dynamic you said it off the top, almost like you're reading my notes. It is very interesting in this upper range this week, and I'll tell you a couple reasons why I think it is, because uh, you got Rory's going to be like a decision. He's not plus 350 like Rom was last week. He's plus 700, 750, whatever you can find out there. My point is more but, so. But, but on DFS, he's a thousand more than the second highest priced guy. That is a yeah. lot. Yeah, it, I mean, that that was the, the similar dynamic last week. Like I said, it's funny, he actually went up 200 bucks because Rom was 11-3, but uh, the dynamic is different this week because last week it was this. It was Rom far and away, clear cut, make your decision. You know what it is. He's going to be 40% owned or whatever the number, everyone was 33 to 45, and he ended up being right at the top of that at 45 and even higher in the higher stakes like it was expected. But this is different because now you have a few things. First off, you have the fact that that ROM factor that is in people's mind from last week is like he almost wasn't even needed. 
He wasn't needed in like the three K GPPs. So in the five fifty five, there was right there in second place was a Cam Champ lineup. So uh, you know, similar stuff where people will think of that how hard it is to actually go out and win. Second, you've got Finau right behind him, and I know it's nine hundred bucks in savings. So that's a factor as well to pull away. I'm talking about reasons it could pull away from Rory and not get to that because of the Finau factor. Guy looked incredible over the weekend. Was best in field tee to green you mentioned bent being a better surface for him the over 175 sets up well for him it, you know he sort of sucked everyone back in and it could be real i'm just saying that's another factor that pulls away from him and then there's no way we're getting around the fact that cory connors isn't going to be popular he is it's that simple his price nobody's scared of a 10-1 price anymore like it, would he be even higher owned at 9900 maybe but no one cares anymore they know who cory connors is they know what he's about the course probably doesn't set up better for anyone else in general, just how good the guy has been. And then people can still, uh, these won't be popular plays, but like Fitzpatrick and answer, you can always talk yourself into them a little bit to just pull some of the ownership, whether it's 8% at least on a course or 6%, like this, you know? you know, at least on a course like this. Yeah. It's going to get talked about a little bit, probably uh, Fitzpatrick more than answer. So for me, I'm just going to play Rory up top. I, I know that, you know, he's still going to be popular in his own right because the most expensive guy always gets some love. He is still a favorite. Uh, it has nothing to do with the fact that, like, look, I know I, I know where this course is at. Some were joking out there today, like uh, maybe people forgot this is not at Quail Hollow, but it has nothing to do with that. Like the guy at the Masters did what he needed to do down the stretch. He, the problem was the first three days. That's why there was no chance. But like there was legitimate conversation. You and I both said it on the pod coming back to work that Monday, like, look, I, there was no way in the world I ever thought Rory was taking that masters from Scotty Scheffler. That was Twitter getting excited. Like, is Rory going to pull this thing off finally? No, but he did not make those crazy mistakes that we're, we're prone to seeing him make down the stretch. And realistically, Kenny, the last reason I'm in on Rory is regardless of ownership, I'll get leverage no matter what and get overweight is because if this fails, I'm going right back in at the PGA championship. So I already know my plan going in. Finau, uh, I'm, I'm debating right now because both him and Connors are 20 to one. I left that on my card so I can still make about eight to 10 X my money by picking between these two. When we get to the card at the end, I wanted to hear your takes, hear some others before I lock in. I don't think those numbers change enough for me to care to pick one of Finau or Connors, but it really feels like right now bet Finau and don't play him because I think he'll still get enough conversation around him. Like I said, everything, the recent of what just happened to come into this event that he still gets talked up enough. Connors will be very popular, but again, I think more so for good reason. You look at his numbers across the board. He's top 10 in pretty much every category, except the very longest par fours, but which we have a bunch here, but my point is more, uh, that's like the 500 plus and stuff, like everything else he lines up so well in and scrambling is never going to be positive or, or something super positive for him because he just doesn't have to scramble that often as is. Like it's, it's oftentimes comes down to just him and the putter and we've seen and it. He's, like, been, he's been he's been putting better. And yeah. here's another thing for Team No Putt this week. Kyle Stanley won the 2017 Quicken Loans, losing 1.1 strokes putting. Yeah, that's uh, true. So uh, yeah. this is people, the course, people like that this, narrative a little bit too. But I think again, it's true. This and it is of course matter. it could so be that, Team No why, Putt. Uh, you know, and Connors is up there. But even though Connors has actually improved quite a bit. Uh, with the other thing putter. is Connors' price. You you mentioned like the $900 gap from Finau to Rory, $1,400. From yeah. Connors to Rory, and you can definitely start your lineup with Connors and just go down. So I, I am starting my cash lineup with Corey go. Connors. My my first cash game cornerstone is Corey Connors. Everything that Tambo said, it just makes too much sense. Uh, so I will go ahead uh, and, and have play him. I want to play Abe. Um, 
I think he lost a uh, couple of strokes. He was, he was above average uh, with, with his irons. Uh, you know, the first few days, I think he lost a bunch uh, on his um, on Sunday, but again, he was excellent off the tee, really, really strong uh, accuracy off the tee. If he can get his iron game, like the first three days uh, of this past weekend, it looks like his injury is gone. I don't know how popular he'll be. Probably not that popular. I would think uh, under, yeah, I think under he's got to be the lowest. I think like under you said, 12%, the- I would think right. 12, 13% under. I don't want to put a Zach percentage, but I would say that Fitzpatrick, we'll still get some GPP love no matter what, because some of the optimizers and projection sites still like him. So with Rory, Finau, and Connors, not in that order, just saying those three suck up the ownership, I still think Fitzpatrick gets a little more ownership than answer. And to your point where you were going with it, he definitely sucked with the irons last week. Saturday was good, but the other three days were bad, especially Sunday, very bad. But this well, is, was very, but he, no, he was He was just, he was average the first couple of days. Average. It was really, he barely was gained it. Like he, he barely even gained on approach, but well, I'm saying average. this. It's above average. It's, it's that's a above better average. It's a better course setup for him. I it think is. So it is. I, I, think I can so take too. that. I think so too. And he played the all four. So I'm not worried about his injury. Uh, so I, those are the two I'm definitely going to play. I'm going to play one more. Not sure which way I'm going to go. I'll probably have to check my article out on Wednesday uh, to see which way I'd go. But the other three guys are all on the table uh, for me for, and I'm going to play one more of those three. Not sure which one Con- Connors cash game cornerstone, definitely playing answer. And then we'll see uh, about the rest. Let's move on down uh, to this 9K range. My second cash game cornerstone. This one was tough for me. Um, I think um, I went Gary Woodland as my second cash game cornerstone. The numbers say I should go Henley or Keegan. Uh, and I have no problem with that. Uh, they've both been making a lot of cuts. I just got a feeling about Woodland. I think a win is coming. And if you look uh, at, at his last seven events, you know, two of them were elite field events, masters to players. He missed a cut in both. All other five mediocre to weak field events, top 25 every single one. Um, also, you're looking at a course where it's a shorter course that's going to play difficult. His biggest win, shorter course that played difficult. U.S. Open, uh, you know, a, a less than driver type course. I say this all the time about Gary. I'd rather play Gary on less than driver courses. I actually faded Woodland uh, last week. Uh, and I know he was extremely popular uh, because it was just a little bit longer course. Uh, and so uh, less than driver course. I like him a little bit better. It's it's a little bit less chance of him spraying it uh, everywhere, which has basically become one of his weaknesses, but his iron game uh, has been strong. Um, and so I'm going, I think a win is coming for Woodland. I bet Woodland 35 to one. One other weird note notice on the 10 K range that I forgot is answers 35 to one. He's fifth to 15th. Uh, favorite, like around there. And he's third in DraftKings. So I went in and took that bet as well. Uh, you know, I got him at 35 to one. I got, uh, I have five bets this week, all 35 to 50 to one uh, is where I'm heading. And, and Woodland's another one of those. I just got a feeling the wind's coming from soon. It looks I, like, I like the, the Woodland call. Interesting take on the answer side that you side with DraftKings fantasy pricing over the odds in the books. Like you're going reverse. I, I would say that's why he's, I'm betting him. I'm betting him and I'm playing so yeah, you're both. doing both. Yeah, so it's good I'm for doing you to both. double down. It I'm feels doing like it both. Could be a bad DraftKings price based on that when you have it could Rory be. Yeah, and when you, when you and yeah. play the other when guys you, around him. That that's another reason like why it. I think his ownership might be down. It know? will be. Oh, it yeah. will be. There's no doubt. Yeah. So um, I, I like the Woodland call. He has been, like you said, peppering the leaderboards 
And you go back and just look as Tita Green game was so solid overall. It was better than what we've seen lately. But this range should be sucked up by what? Henley. I think people will even be comfortable playing Keegan Bradley, three top tens in his last five. So I had an 11th before that. He got fifth back here. I, I remember uh, the stats just looking back at it. Keegan was like really solid that week that uh, Stanley won. He was still in the mix and ended up coming fifth. So it's like, I, I think that will get brought up some. And then I just don't know how it shakes out because like you said, with, with the guys above. So like Leishman, top 35 or better in his last three. And he's one of the guys that actually made both cuts here and finished 13th and fifth back then. So I'm just not sure if he'll get the love ownership wise because of that. I think people will go to Henley Woodland and then maybe some Bradley and guys like that. Uh, are you doing anything? I mean, the thing is, the thing is when you look at this, when you look at this range and you look at those four golfers, Hatton, Leishman, Keegan and Henley, you have to think the winning, winning equity is much, much higher with Hatton and leash. Correct. But do you think it's possible that Keegan and, and, and Henley are higher owned? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's something to think about. I mean, like, hey, if there's going to be a broad range, uh, you know, a, a broad difference in ownership between the bottom two and the top two, top two, you know, better golfers, basically, I think, you know, overall in general are better golfers. And if they come lower owned, that might switch things up for me. I'm not, I haven't decided exactly what I'm going to do. I think in this 9K range, I think a lot of it will have to do with ownership other than my, um, uh, Woodland call, but I, I think I might go back. You're about to say it, Patrick Reed. I was going to ask what your what are your thoughts were because he kind of showed up a little bit last week. If you yeah. want to say some of those other guys showed up, you got to say it for Patrick Reed. Well, but- Patrick played 63 holes, pretty damn good. Probably his best first 63 holes in an event in a while. Back nine, he was four over uh, on Sunday. Right, that's what he. That's when he lost all his shit. Uh, he had a bad nine holes. Other than that pretty solid first, you know, three and a half days. Uh, you know, he lost a whole bunch of strokes uh, with his approach. He was average, uh, average to above average the first, you know, three rounds uh, with his ball striking. This seems like some type of course that he could do well, where he keeps the PXG shitty driver in his bag, goes less than driver off the tee. Uh, and then, you know, maybe his, his short game prowess and his putting, can lead to a win. Um, I ha- he's forty to one uh, in this field. I had to make that bet also oh, with him. You know, you don't, no, like you're it. not a fan, so no. you're not going to play Reed. No, I'm not going to play Reed. Okay, I usually I, mean, I used to like him a lot more, man. To be honest, like I'd play him, and I used to even be able to sort of find good spots for him. He's just been so bad for so long. The price is whatever. I, I mean, maybe they put it because the, there's at least a little bit opposite of what I talked about earlier with Kitayama and Davis Riley types. They can take guys like you will bet on them because look, I just wonder about this conversation. I was just going to have it with you because you did bring up win equity in this range. Like when does the, it's always gets talked about. It's hard to really quantify, but when does this, you know, thing of win equity run out? Like I know we just won last, what was it uh, last year? Yeah, that Reed won. I think so. Yeah. It was farmers last year. So I don't know. I guess you could say he actually, it shouldn't run out in a year, in my opinion, I'm just saying, but in general, a lot of the win equity we talk about with these guys ends up being from like three, four years ago when they won. And now they just haven't done a lot. It's hard to win. Look at Rom even struggled to pick up that win last week down the stretch. Realistically he did. He only won by one stroke. Those guys could have got him. He could have made the champ mistake on same spot Cameron champ did. So little things like that, it's just hard to pick up these wins. So it's tough to say. And I think that's where some of this safety 
comes into the factor of like a guy like Henley definitely doesn't seem likely to win it all, but at just 9,300 with those stats, the cut making ability, and then the potential for what he can do over the weekend. Could he win? He could. Will he likely? Probably not. So, but, but that's where at 9,300 as your second, or even in some cases, third guy into your lineups, you could see that play out. What do you think in general from a roster construction point though, this range, like what happens here? Because is is it just going to be, like a choice of Connors Henley and then go down is going to be Rory Henley and go down Rory Woodland. Like, are you seeing that type of build more than multiple nine K guys or multiple five figure guys? Yeah. I mean, this is a tough range. Like I said, I, I'm not sure where the ownership is going to go just because when you hear Mark Leishman and Terrell Hatton, they're, you know, just better golfers than, 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 uh, you know, Keegan Bradley and Russell Henley, I think personally, yeah. uh, but the ownership is going to probably sway in the Americans direction. Uh, I don't know how this is going to work. I, uh, ownership wise, it's something that I'm going to have to check out late Wednesday when you go to either, uh, you know, fancy national run pure Gups corner, wherever you get your, your ownership projections, because I think they're all viable now, but I, from a roster construction, it, it's hard. Because, you know, people are going to play a lot of Connors. If people are going to play a lot of Connors, they can play a couple of guys in the 9K range. If they start with Connors, they can play a couple 9K guys down here uh, and still be able to make solid lineups. Is that the way the majority of the lineups are going to be made? Possibly. If Connors is going to be 30, 40% owned, um, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good segue into the 8K range because I guess that would answer the question. It does not feel to me like people go Connors, Woodland, Connors, Henley, and add an 8K guy, as always, right? The 8K range just gets overlooked. So, uh, and maybe this week it should. That, that's why I wanted to bring it up. But what are you doing here in the 8K range? You got Paul Casey, who withdrew from the Masters. And I would say, keep an eye on his Instagram this week, but that doesn't work because at the Masters, he was out on the greens with his kids, making memories, saying it was going to be a great week, and then had to WD. So I wouldn't worry about what's going on in his Instagram. It could be all lies. And then you go right down to 8K, with young phenom Cameron Young, that is just absolutely murdering every course he plays, destroying, doesn't matter. You set him up on RBC Heritage, Treeline Fairways, he's a bomber. It's not going to suit him. Well, it doesn't matter. Every course he's played pretty much has suited him. So I haven't seen a course yet that he really doesn't like. So what are you doing here in this 8K range, Kenny? Uh, well, my casket cornerstone is going to be Homer. He's making a ton of cuts, uh, playing pretty well, ball striking. That's been very, very good here recently. And let me look at his stats here. Give me one second. I did want to bring him up because uh, it looks like he has gained uh, strokes in all the uh, tee to green categories uh, in his last, what, three recorded events. So the players, Arnold Palmer and Genesis, you can't get Masters because there's no strokes game, but the players, Arnold Palmer, Genesis, he gained strokes in all three. Uh, strokes the tee to green uh, stats. So uh, around the green app and off the tee. So the game is there. Uh, it looks strong. He makes a lot of cuts. Uh, so I got no problem going to go ahead. I mean, you know, if you take away from the masters, he's gained what, like 10 strokes almost uh, with his approaches uh, at the players and, and the uh, Arnold Palmer. Uh, he's been really good off the tee. Ball strike has just been excellent. Uh, so I like Homer as my third cascade cornerstone. Another guy I like in this range whose ball striking has been absolutely superb uh, here recently is going to be my Korean brethren, Siwoo Kim, who's just been, you know, ball striking master once again uh, here uh, in his last few events. I mean, I think he's gained strokes 
uh, ball striking in one, two, three, four, five, like six of his last seven events. And it's not just like minuscule amounts. Like it's like, you know, four, five, six strokes ball striking. Uh, so uh, that, that part of his game is there. Uh, so I do like Siwoo as a GPP play uh, a lot in this range. Um, where else? Go ahead. Who, who do you like? I was just going to say a couple guys. One, I know for sure. Again, this is just a, a sort of a internal strategy piece where if you've sort of battled through this before, you kind of have to do it again. And that's with Paul Casey at the top. If, if you do, were like me and took a chance on him at the Masters and just is what it is, you knew there was a potential that he was still injured. You knew there was all this situational stuff. I got to go back to him here at 8,800. So I like him. I like Sergio Garcia. I think if you just look at across the board, uh, we know what he's like off the tee, very solid. And that just comes down to what he does with the rest of his game. But just going back, longer power fours, bogey avoidance, even uh, birdies are better. Not saying there's going to be a bunch of them out there, but just to tie that in as another stat. And then top 10 in ball striking and power four scoring in general. So I do like Sergio Garcia. Maybe he goes overlooked a little bit in this range. Like I said, just because this range is always sort of overlooked. I like Homa in the sense to what you brought up where we we've talked about this plenty in the past boomer bust, but I like Casey and Garcia more. And I actually don't mind uh, a couple others. So Seamus power. He's another guy. Just I wanted to ask across. you, I want to talk to you about power. I was yeah. looking at him and I was thinking about him because if you look at his recent form, he's been doing really well on shorter courses like Sony Amex, uh, uh, RSM, Mayakoba have been like some of his best starts. And those are all shorter courses, but they're also a lot easier than what we see. This week, how are you going to go about that? Because I thought of him just because of how well he's been doing his shorter courses, but most of them have been, you know, pretty good birdie fests, these shorter courses. Now we're looking at, you know, a more grinded out type of, of week form on a shorter course. Do you still go back? Yeah, I think that narrative was definitely uh, in play. My guy Snyder over at RPS with me there, he brought that up. I, I was always a Seamus Power truther. And he's like, yeah, but you know what? If you really look at the numbers and boil them down, it always is at these birdie fests that he shows up. So we should get off him at these tougher tracks. And I tend to agree with them. I got off him for a little while there, like uh, Genesis, Arnold Palmer, those ones. Uh, and I stayed off him at these other two where he actually showed up, which was the players good side of the weather draw or not doesn't matter he grinded out to get a top 35 there and then not that long of a course what's that not crazy not that long of a course too the players yeah, yeah. like that and, and again these are not even close i don't think these courses are, are correlation courses it's more like you said though in tougher fields at courses with the score going to be a bit of a higher number the masters and the players were both that same way and he grinded out called a top 30 at both price kind of fair at 8300 and if you just go the underlying stuff much better on bent which is what we have here. So that's a good sign. And then the top tens within the stats, the, the power fours, birdies are better. The bogey avoidance, he's second over the last 50 rounds. So he doesn't make a lot of these big mistakes. That'll at least give us a chance to make the cut, which we need, and then find our way through from there. And then he's top 30-ish in like overall tee to green, good drives, off yeah. the tee in general. Par all the four stats scoring, that we're looking at. long par fours. Yeah. I mean, you know, he just, he just hey, you know, the bogey avoidance thing that you were talking about. Uh, you know, off the tees, uh, above average in the field and fairways gained. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm tempted to play him. Uh, I, I think I will play him. It was just, I was a little iffy because a lot of the shorter courses, which he has been successful in, have been lower scoring events. Uh, but I think maybe just stick with the shorter course narrative that he's been playing well and go with it is what you're saying, basically. I, I think so. We'll have to see, too, what happens with Cameron Young. Like, it could get out of hand. 
with ownership at that price? Because it's definitely a fair price for what he's been able to show us. Just talked about the numbers that some of these other guys have put up. And let me just pull up Cameron Young right quick, because stats wise, he's basically the same as Seamus Power across the board, better in some categories, a better scrambler, better off the tee, uh, number one in birdies are better, number two in par four scoring in general, third at the RBC Heritage, 13th at the Arnold Palmer, 16th at the Honda, and second at the Genesis on top of all those top 20s. So it's warranted. But I'm saying is if we start to see Wednesday that this guy's 20% owned, then you got to make a decision. It might be the right number still where you can just say, look it, I don't care. I'm going with the talent. Give me 35% or 40%. I'm going to play them heavily within my pool, but I don't know if some of these guys in the, in the upper seven K's will get you off of them or some of the guys above in that eight K range will get you to move off of them. But in general, uh, he should be kept in check a little bit just based on overall roster construction. I think. Yeah. I mean, it could be right. And now if you 15 decide to, to 20 go, seems about if, right. If, as of if right you now, go, well. if you decide to go against uh, that, where do you go? Do you pivot to Webb, who, uh, you know, actually gain strokes with his approaches? Uh, for the first time in a while uh, at, at the RBC uh, was uh, ball striking Tita green was solid. Uh, do you, do you have any interest? No, I do not. And uh, I think that's going to be a common thing that I'll just look to avoid here where uh, a lot of times people, when they're moving off of a chalk piece, I'll, I'll just say a couple things on it right quick. They'll say, Oh, I got to just go to the guy above or below him. I know you're going to talk about a guy right below him in a second. That is interesting because I don't know if many people will go there. We'll get to Matt Kuchar, your boy, here in a second. I think Spoiler he's got to be. But- I think he's got to. He's got to be. Uh, I mean, two t- two straight top threes at seventy nine hundred bucks on a course where people an old don't like man Matt can win. No, where an people, old man people don't can like win. Matt this is, this is a course where I think an old man can win. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I, I don't hate old it. man doable. You know, what one I'm saying? more thing though. One more thing. So one roster construction you can just avoid this range altogether, just build where you move off the range. And yes, one of these guys could come through and score well. Uh, and if they win, yeah, you're in trouble, but I'm saying that might, might not be on every lineup just in general. I don't need to say, if I'm not playing young, I have to play this pivot for a hundred bucks less. That's one way you can do it. The other way is, is you can play young with like play young with Kucher, where most people would think of that as I'm pivoting to him. You might be able to compound and get a little bit different by playing both together, but go ahead Bring us into the 7.9K range because I know you're starting off with Matt Kuchar. Yeah, Kuch, Kuch is my final cash game cornerstone. Again, back-to-back top threes. This is the type of course, shorter course, that I think you can grind it out where I think old guys can win. Uh, and the game has just been uh, strong for Kuch here uh, you know, recently. So I'm going to ride his form uh, to go ahead and do it. But, I mean, even, even in the last 50, he's you know top 10 in bogey avoidance. Uh, par four efficiency from 450 to 500 uh, strokes gained uh, par four uh, scoring, uh, you know, par four scoring. He's, he's been in the top 10, top 25 in fairways gained uh, in the last 50, uh, you know, in this field. So, yeah. I, so my cash cornerstones this week is going to be um, Connors at 10, one uh, Woodland at nine, one home at eight. Uh, what is home at eight, four, eight, three. Oh, let me look real quick. Homa is eight six. Homa's eight six, and then I have Kucher at seven nine. It only leaves fourteen three left. But I am playing Ryan Armour in cash. Just a heads up, that'll be your free fifth cash game cornerstone here. So it'll still leave you seventy five hundred dollars to fill out that final spot. Um, Other guys I do like. I like Brian Harmon. Uh, If you look at if you look at a lot of the important stats over the last fifty rounds, he's top twenty in fairways gained, top ten in. Uh, par four scoring top 25 in long par fours top 20 in bogey avoidance but his iron game not 
is 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 not the best uh, in his last fifty, but he has gained strokes with his irons in five of the last seven events. Uh, so it looks like there has been a little bit uh, of improvement there. Uh, so I do like uh, Harmon uh, down here. Joel Dahman pops in the model uh, once again. He ranks six in the model, but I really like uh, Sepp Straka. Um, Straka, you know, coming off I don't know, I don't know he's like three top tens uh, in his last five events, including a win. Uh, you know, he's gained strokes on bent uh, overall in his career. But three, ninth, first, yeah, three top tens in his last uh, uh, five events, uh, you know, including a third at the Heritage, which is another, you know, grinded out strategic type of golf course. Uh, you know, it, it, so I, I like Straka uh, a lot. I bet him as well, I think, uh, 40 to one um, this past week. Uh, this week. Uh, I like him. Uh, I said, Joel Dahman, uh, any other guys in this top range you like? Yeah. I'm, I mean, this is where you're going to get all your guys from. I think in general, uh, we'll get to it in a second. When you get to sort of that 7,500 to 71, that's where it gets busier, I think. But up top here, a bunch of these guys are in play. Like uh, Aaron Rye showed some stuff last week. Again, just continues to play well. We know he's got the pedigree. So I think he's a guy you could play. Uh, Keith Mitchell, Doug Gim, Brian Harmon, those three. Uh, mix and match but i mean uh, if i was to rank them right now probably would go gim then Harmon, then mitchell so that that's a range there that's popular and i think that you could maybe not popular in ownership wise but just i think everyone will like a little bit of each of them it always gets spaced out that's the other thing that you can just know going in like this is where i always joke with people about it in the discords and just with people talking about ownership in general like oh i think he's gonna be like 13 percent. yeah he is but they're like, oh, if he was 9%, I'd play him. It's like, that's just dumb conversation to me. If he's 13%, you like him, get 20% or more and move on. Like, pick your guys that you like in this range because no, it always gets spaced out amongst them because people are starting to take more stands up top where then this range just ends up a little bit more wide open. So those are three there. Uh, Streelman, he's one of the other guys in that sort of handful bunch of like Leishman and uh, Ricky Fowler, who we'll get to in a second, guys that have actually made both cuts here back at the 17 and 18 quick and loan. So Streelman fits that. I like your Straka call. Uh, Troy Merritt and CT Pan, both right at 7,500. Again, two more. So that's like six or seven guys above 7,500 that I like, and then probably will pick another handful down below. Yeah, I mean, down below, Smalley had a good week last week. Brendan Steele's Tita Green has just been excellent uh, here recently, and also one of the better longer iron hitters out here. Uh, still, and he does his thing on long par fours as well. I think uh, Steele can make a good play. Uh, Lucas Glover, uh, again, another guy, Tita Green, ball striker. Uh, you know, I think he can make a, a, a decent play. I sort of like him in cash. Uh, Party Marty Laird, uh, you know, another another guy. What I like about him is um, accurate off the tee, really good with his longer irons, really good um, on longer par fours, avoids bogeys. I think he might get a little popular. I think just from the from the um, the numbers down here, what do you think? You, you know, eight percent, twelve percent, party Marty there. Oh yeah, I think he's definitely getting up there because the numbers pop like crazy. Like this is like um, using Fantasy National. We talk about it all the time. fantasynationalcom FGD. Get yourself twenty percent off your first month. But Kenny, this is JJ Spawn Popper, J- uh, Joel Joel Damon Popper. Like when these guys went off and did their thing, Spawn went on to win that week. This is the same type of pop you're getting in the model from Marty Laird this week. So uh, I think he'll get a little bit popular and there's definitely other guys around him. Yeah. I mean, Matt, Matt Hughes, the best bent putter uh, in the field. 
Uh, yeah. You know, Brandon Grace, tough course guru. Uh, there, there's some guys. There's, there's, there's definitely some plays uh, down here uh, in this lower 7K range. Big Bo Hosser, he had a pretty good finish here. Uh, the last time the Quicken Loans was here. I think he top five, top 10, maybe. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I'm pretty sure he had a pretty good finish. Then you got Hubbard, who makes every cut. Uh, I, there's there's options down here. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you need to back yourself into any corner. I got no problem, especially in the higher stakes stuff, where you can add ownership to these guys. Like if Laird's going to be 12% in something like the $20, add more to that when you go up, because people just will continue to play that as a value play. Uh, Adam Long was one guy that stood out to me. Like, I think this is actually a better course than him. And he showed up last week and still did his thing. But if you go back uh, three or four made cuts, 15th, 12th, and 35th, solid start to his week last week. And then over the weekend, still did his thing to kind of grind it out. But that will play better at this course. Uh, Anurban Lahiri, last week kept it going. Another T15. This guy had another great round on Sunday, five under, a solid T to green across the board. He played this course and got 13th back in 2018. And since the players, which we all thought was a fluke, it just continues on, Kenny. So I got no problem going back to a guy like him, Steele. Wait, wait, who was that? Who was the last one you just uh, talked Lahiri, about? Lahiri. Lahiri. Okay. Anurban Lahiri. Um, Steele, Smalley. Those two stood out to me down here. And then uh, at the bottom, Nate Lashley, kind of in the, the same boat as what I said about Adam Long. I, I still think this is better for him coming into this course than even last week. And he had a good week last week. So I think that's solid. And then uh, Sig and Grace, who you mentioned. Th- those could be the guys at the bottom. So again, there's eight guys, seven before is 15, three at the top is 18 between the middle. Another four or five is like 22. This is where your pool, you could sort of just cut it down and then we'll take different stands probably by the time Wednesday comes around. But this is as a first look guys that I like to have into the pool that I think not only, you know, will make my pool, but have a chance to go off and have a good week at the, at the term of this week so that you could have the opportunity of what you mentioned earlier, like a Molinari week back in 18, where it just could happen that one of these guys ends up going off because there's good reasons that I'm playing them all. So uh, that's where I'm at for right now. Kenny, want to take us into the 6K range? There, There is some plays in here, and this no, will allow some of those lineups no. that we talked about earlier with multiple 9Ks or a couple guys up top. So who do you like here in the 6K range? Two things I found very interesting. When I made my original model, uh, Svensson, my, my ranking was 26 and Zach Johnson was 101. Uh, now, when I move to uh, under 7,200 yards and use my model, Svensson moves to seven, Zach Johnson moves to 18. Uh, so it looks like those guys play pretty well. Are we, are we still sh- playing Svensson or are we done with this guy? I, I'm playing Svensson. I'm playing Svensson this week just because of that massive jump. I mean, shoot, and Zach Johnson as well. I think he went from 101 to 18. Spencer went from 28 to 7 uh, in my model. This uh, course from- should be much better for Spencer, obviously, than last week. I think yeah. you know, that's the difference maker for sure. Long mm-hmm. irons are solid, yeah. can find his way in there. I'm just yeah. wondering if uh, we're, we're chasing too much with this guy, but I think he makes sense in the pool for sure, so yeah. I'm okay uh-huh. with that. So Spencer and ZJ really catch my eye. I already said I'm using Ryan Armour. Uh, in cash, the guy is short course guru. He just likes short courses. I mean, like uh, the, the, the what he finished, he, the main cuts he have are like Sony and the Amex and any short course. Uh, you go ahead and play Ryan Armour. Uh, and I think he finished fourth here in 2018. So he has some experience. That's not the reason I oh, was a second. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not the reason I played him. Uh, but I mean, he's the cheap uh, down here. Another guy, Kadira. Uh, who uh, at, two, at 6, uh, 6,500, I think makes a lot of sense. Again, another short course type of guy who I sort of try and only play on shorter type courses. 
Uh, I think he had a pretty good finish last time he played. I, I don't remember exactly where he finished, but I think it was a top 25 the last time he was out uh, on tour. Michael Thompson, uh, another guy, he's really good on longer par fours, hits a lot of fairways. Um, so, so I like Michael Thompson. Uh, those are some of the golfers uh, that I like. Who do you uh, – Hayden Buckley, uh, another guy who uh, you know just seems above average – in all the major stats I'm looking for in the 6,500, if you're above average in all stats I'm looking for, uh, I think you can, you can do all right. So I, I hate Buckley uh, makes sense. Who do you like in this range? Yeah. The Buckley call him and Mullinax both at 6,500 uh, make some sense. there. just really good off the tee guys. Mullinax actually played here back in 2017 and made the cut. Uh, Buckley played very solid last week. It sort of fits that mold. So of, of the guy that we're looking for stats wise. So I think that could play out well armor. I love, but I think everyone's going to love him too. So uh, again, I wouldn't say to go away from him for that reason. I just think either I'll look at builds that maybe ignore going there, almost like how I mentioned with Cam Young earlier. Cam Young's just harder to get off of because you can make so many builds work with an 8K guy. With Armor, I think a lot of people will just end on Armor or start with him and go up, and or they'll just land on him on purpose and, and want to round their lineup out that way. It could work. He's obviously a you know priced low here. It does. It seems low for everything that goes with them. But I think that's just one way to get a little bit different. Other guys in this range just going down. Um, Malnati T15 last week, solid across the board. 38th here in 2017, and made four of his last five cuts as a whole. So I think that fits well. Uh, Chase Seifert, four of his last five cuts, including upside. 18th, 22nd, 25th, three of those four, and he just burned everyone by missing the cut on the number. Again, I think a much better course setup for a guy like Seifert this week. And then you mentioned, um, I think, or, oh no, you didn't. And I was going to bring him up. Sung Kang, first of all, used to be a guy that we would always play on these shorter courses, par 70s. But last week, so I want to compare this. So Brandon Wu last week was getting talked up because correlation courses and similar past results, but he wasn't popping anywhere. But that's why people like Brandon Wu, he paid them off heavily, especially with that Sunday round. Sung Kang, you go back, nothing to talk about as of late, but third and fifth here in 2017 and 18. And then back in the day, it was the Mid-Atlantic Championship, the old Corn Ferry Tour event back here, back then. We'll talk about a different Corn Ferry Tour event back then in 2012. But in 2013, he came sixth in that event, Sung Kang did. So 6,900, if you want to take a shot on just showed up at this course every single time he's played it, and it is a better course fit for him than a lot of the courses that he's been playing lately. I think you can mix him into your pool. And then the reason I brought that up first is because down at 6,200, Sung Kang Jr., in a sense of, of, of course form, is Chesson Hadley, surprisingly. He literally has like the same course form as Kang here, eighth here in 2018. In, two, in 2013, at that same Mid-Atlantic Championship, Hadley actually came second at that event. So at 6,200, you could go down to him. And then lastly, Kenny, I'll round it out and kick it back to you for final thoughts there. But uh, Monday Q Notables, first off, shout out by Canadian, Drew Nesbitt. He got in. But my old guy, Norman Panda Zhang, this guy got in, shot a 65 today. I can't do it, but uh, it's just funny to see him getting back into the mix. The guy's been absolutely horrible since turning pro, but he's in. But lastly, the big name, David Lingmurth, won the 2012 Corn Ferry Tour event held here and is in the field, got in as the last Monday queue. David Lingmurth will pop into the pool at some point tomorrow. Uh, just something to think about there. You know, again, a guy won back in 2012, terrible reasoning to play him. I'm just saying we got to get all the narratives out. We got to get all the tidbits out, as you know, I love. So anything else in this range for you, Kenny? 
Yeah, not much below 6,500 for me. So it's going to be tough down there. If I'm going to have to go uh, in certain directions under 6,500, I mean, I guess Hadley is, good as, is as good as any. Um, I mean, it's tough. Maybe Big Ben Martin, uh, you know, putts well on bent, had a decent showing a couple weeks ago on one of those island events. Uh, in the you know, so uh, it, it's pretty slim under 6,500, but there's plenty 6,500 and above, I think. I, I think so too. And I think you're on to it there. I just had to pull it up to see, but Lingmurth definitely been horrible. So I would definitely, yeah, like I said, we bring up all the tidbits and whatnot, but I would not be playing him just no. based on everything. Like the guy can't even come through on these sort of resort courses and be able to score well. He, he did whatever he had to do today in the qualifier. But I just, you know, there's nothing else to, to quantify. It's 16th at the Puerto Rico Open amongst a million miscuts and T73s and whatnot. Uh, you know, his best result before that was like an 11th at the Barbasol, which you know what that's all about after missing the cut at the John Deere. So not not for me. I just thought I'd bring that up. All right. Anything else? Or should we go to bets? Go to bets, man. What do you got? All right. So I got, let me bring it up here. So I got Abe at 35 to 1. Woodland 35 to 1. Um uh, Sepp Straka 40 to 1. Patrick Reed 40 to 1. Matt Kuchar 50 to 1. Yeah, Con- Con- Connors might just be too good for me to fade. Like I said, I'll wait and see on the my 20 to 1 guy. It's probably gonna be Fee now and just fade him and play Rory and Connors and pick one between answer if it's Patrick up top and have three guys up in that range, just the way I like to shake it down. But I'll go with that. But I've got Keegan Bradley at 35. I've got Cameron Young at 40. I got Seamus Power at 50. And then the two bombs are Marty Laird at 140 and Armour at 225. So it's like all the guys that I think will have ownership on DraftKings. But those those numbers were just too big based on the same reasoning. So that's where I'm at. And it's likely going to be Finau at 20 that I add tonight. Uh, I was just picking between him and Connors and just everything on Connors. You know, he can mess up. He can make mistakes too. But at 10-1, at 1,400 less than Rory, to be able to even start your lineups there, like there, there's just too much value, I think, in that versus Finau because of one good weekend that he played. So Finau's back, good for him. It'd be better for the game, like Spieth winning. But uh, I'll, I'll play a wait-and-see approach on that beyond one weekend to play. All right, so one and done. Um, I'm looking at Woodland. I'm looking at Woodland or Siwoo. Or Kuchar this week. Gosh, don't play Kuchar. Woodland, uh, Woodland was on my list though. Finau. Back to back top threes. Yeah. It's got that means it's gonna happen again. Three, 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 and then third time's the charm for another third. Oh my gosh, Kenny, it's all lining up. Hey, hey, but it's it's the type of course for him, too. You have to admit, I mean, this type of shorter <laughs> course, grind it out, strategic off the tee, you know, uh, not your bomb off the fairway. This is his type of course. It makes sense. I'd probably rather poke those five needles you're getting in my eyes than to play, play that much Kuchar or play them in my one and done this week. But I appreciate where you're coming from. I had Connors, Finau, and Woodland on my list as options for one and done. And, all right, that sounds good. Anything else? No, not right. not for, for golf related, no. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. The course preview article is already out. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership, which includes a risk-free seven-day trial. Uh, you know, includes all sports, lots of tools, good stuff. Go over to GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Check it out. 
And you guys can find me on Twitter at Toetag and Tambo. Got the Tambo's tidbits coming out every Wednesday morning. Appreciate all you guys. It's just a, all I ask is a retweet of the main tweet. I like getting it out there for as many people as possible to see. Helps everybody out. It's a good place. It's, it helps me too. Like I get to go in and just have everything all in one place of sort of my thoughts. It's a lot of the things that I like as the week progresses. So check me out on Twitter at Toe Tag and Tambo. Follow me there. And then you can find all my other stuff over on the Mayo Media Network. I'll be with Mayo tomorrow and Raza. We're going to do an evergreen strategy show. We're also going to do the DraftKings plays and picks for this week, myself and Mayo. And then, of course, over at Rump Your Sports. If you don't know that, what it is, head on over to rumpuresports.com. Got a promo code DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0. Get yourself signed up. Get 50% off your first month. It's all sports, one price. We're crushing it right now. NBA playoffs, baseball rolling out now. We've got a big UFC card this weekend, pay-per-view. And then all the other niche sports that you can play there on top of the regular golf content. Myself, Big T, and Uncle T will be on Wednesday nights on that premium show Thursday night, we've got the round one, or sorry, round two, I should say, showdown show for free over on the Mayo Media Network. That sounds great. All right, so decent field, two weeks before a major. It's going to be a pretty good course. Should be a good time. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.